Chapter Twenty Three of the Great Diamond Syndicate. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. The Great Diamond Syndicate by Nicholas Carter. Chapter Twenty Three: The Den of the Syndicate. And now, what is the layout, Nick? Asked Chick when the prisoners had been disposed of, and the detectives had returned to Nick's house. To clean out the den of the syndicate. I thought the fire did that. But there is another, where the smaller fry hang out, as his record shows, replied Nick again, referring to the paper. To be sure, there are only the little fellows left, but great oaks from little acorns grow, chick, and I think we had better make a clean round-up while we are about it. And what are your plans? You know the Dominion Saloon? Sure. It's a crooked joint, although the police have never been able to get a line on it. Right you are, Chick. Well, that is the hangout for the little fellows of the syndicate. I want you to go there and try and get a job as a waiter or helper of some sort. They are always putting on extras there. Get into a good disguise, and I will join you later. Without further parley, Chick went into the costume room, and within half an hour he was on his way to the Dominion. It was some time later when Nick followed him, also in disguise. He took a cab, and was soon within a block of the saloon, a resort that was operated in the interests of one of the toughest gangs in New York. Here he dismissed the cab and strolled up to the place he sought. He did not enter immediately, however. Pretending to be under the influence of liquor, he stood for a time in front of the place, hands in pockets, glancing tipsily at the show posters in the windows. A perfect procession of crooks was passing into the place, and Nick was waiting to attract the attention of some of them. Presently he had his wish, for a confidence man known to the crooked profession as Blister called him to the doorway. "'Hello there!' cried the crook. "'You can't see half of the show from the outside. Come in and have a bracer.' Nick looked up with a drunken dignity which set the crook laughing. "'I don't know you,' he said. "'Come in and get acquainted, then,' was the laughing reply. "'What do you expect to get standing out there looking at the paper lions? "'You can see the real thing on the inside. "'Admission free. Come and have a snifter.' "'You're all right,' cried Nick. "'I'm choice of me company, but I'll have a drink with you. "'You're all right.' They walked into the place together and took seats at a table. The room was a large one, and was well filled with customers. In front was a cigar stand, shut off from the room proper by a high screen with mirror panels. Back of this was a long bar, and all along the side and clustered in the rear were tables. Just at the end of the bar, an open staircase led to the rooms above. Sitting at the table with a confidence man, Nick saw Chick passing up and down the staircase with beer and wine on trays. The assistant gave a quick glance at his chief, but did not seem to recognize him. Nick does not drink intoxicating liquor, so when the wine was brought at the command of the crook, he was seized with a coughing fit, and succeeded in spilling most of the contents of his glass. "'We'll have another,' said the detective, drawing forth a roll of banknotes, which caused the eyes of the confidence man to open wide. The fellow thought that the money was certain to come his way before the night was over. 
Glancing about the room, Nick saw that those present were gathered in little groups, talking earnestly and in whispers. They all appeared to be very well known to each other. Nick noticed that two muscular fellows kept near the door. The confidence man bought several drinks, and then began talking about a little game that was going on upstairs. "'I'm going up and play a few stacks,' he said. "'It's dull down here. You may come along and look on if you want to. Don't get into any game with strangers, however,' he added, "'for there are some pretty tough chaps here tonight. If you want to play a small game, I'll get you a seat at my table after a while.' Nick was not ready to leave the lower room, so he put the crook off and sat with his eyes on the door. Presently four men entered the place, drank at the bar, and then started up the staircase. Nick saw that they were strangers there, judging by the attitude of the others in the room. They were tall, broad-shouldered men, and all wore full beards. It was plain that they were armed. One of the men behind the bar called to the men as they started up the staircase. "'Where are you going?' he asked, stepping toward them. "'To the wine room,' was the reply. "'Those are private rooms,' said the attendant. "'You can't go up there tonight.' The muscular fellows who had been watching at the door now advanced to the foot of the stairs. As they did so, four roughly-dressed men entered and stepped back to the inner end of the bar. "'There seems to be a little row between the remaining members of the syndicate,' thought Nick. "'Well,' When thieves fall out, honest men get their dues. Why can't we go up? demanded one of the men. We have been there before. Not tonight, said the attendant. Take seats down here. The men hesitated. Then they saw that the people in the place were gathering about them with threatening looks, and took chairs at a table, the eight close together. The crook who was sitting with Nick arose and moved up to the bar, where he stood whispering to the man in charge. As he did so, Chick walked up to Nick as if to take an order. "'When the row begins,' he said, "'go to the back end of the room. "'I'll be there. "'We'll go up by the private staircase. "'I know where to take you.' Nick nodded, and Chick brought two glasses of wine and placed them on the table. Before the crook returned to his chair, however, the rush was made. Nick saw the gang springing for the stairs, drawing their revolvers as they went, and made for the back of the room, where Chick awaited him. There came a shot, and in an instant the lights were out. Then followed more shots on the stairs, and a police call sounded. The detective heard the men breaking in the door at the head of the stairs, and then came more shooting in the hall above. All was confusion in the room below. End of chapter 23, recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona.